You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, Huawei overtakes Samsung, Lionsgate goes full woke, and the continuing saga of my motivering, and much, much more. Hit it! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. And the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I'm hoping you're having a great week. Politics. Please listen to the New Normal Opinions Podcast for that type of content. Tech news. The DailyMail.co.uk reports Huawei overtakes Samsung to become the world's number one smartphone seller for the first time despite U.S. sanctions. Huawei released a gloating statement saying this is a sign of the company's exceptional resilience and that it will continue to grow. However, over 70% of the company's phone sales are in its home market, mainland China, while its overseas market dropped by over a third. The Chinese market basically uses one app, WeChat, for most functions of their smartphones. The operating system to them doesn't matter much. With Huawei being banned from using the Android operating system, and the last phone models from the company that were allowed to use it getting long in the tooth, its international sales will fall off dramatically, especially when the world really starts recovering from the gift the CCP bestowed on us, the COVID-19 pandemic. Huawei is developing its own operating system, but why settle for that when you can buy a phone that has the real deal? This marks the first time in nine years that either Apple or Samsung aren't in the top spot. I still can't understand why Apple continues to try and establish itself in China. Samsung basically stopped trying to compete there. If you live in China, why pay much higher prices for phones like the iPhone when all you are basically going to do with it is run WeChat? This one could be in the entertainment section, but I'll put it here because it concerns BuzzFeed. From the HollywoodReporter.com, Lionsgate, BuzzFeed partner for feature film slate. 
from the article. In the latest attempt to become a Hollywood player, digital media company BuzzFeed will partner with Lionsgate on a slate of full-length feature films. The slate of full-length feature films, which were described as socially relevant and high-concept, that would attract millennials and Gen Z. It will be produced with BuzzFeed for primarily distribution strategies. While there was no formal specifics ordered on the projects, the announcement noted several titles were in development, with Lionsgate and BuzzFeed planning to launch their first co-production in 2021. With the announcement last week of Lionsgate teaming with Oprah Winfrey and the New York Times to bring the fictional account of the history of the United States, titled 1619, combined with this announcement, it seems that this particular movie house wants to be the wokiest of the woke in Hollywood. Maybe they did some research and found this is where the money will be? Or perhaps they are counting on millennials to move from their parents' basements and finally try and put those expensive liberal arts degrees to work and get a job? Well, that's not happening. Maybe they are counting on the boomers to die off leaving their assets to the millennials so they can afford to go to movie theaters and to stream these new woke movies. As far as BuzzFeed is concerned, the leftist site is basically filled with articles like the following. Headline, can you identify 40 SNL cast members? Or how about this one? 21 things from Gromit that reviewers truly love. My personal favorite, 25 shows and movies you can only watch on HBO Max. I could go on, but I think you get my drift. I can't even imagine what titles will result from this partnership. As far as Gen Z, they will be so tired of this SJW political correctness and constant rioting that they won't even bother with these offerings. Just my opinion. ByteDance and Microsoft deal for TikTok to stay in the U.S. awaits for White House ruling, reports Yahoo.com. China's ByteDance agreement with Microsoft to take over their stewardship of the data of the U.S.-based users of their app TikTok and allow another U.S. company to operate the app in this country was put on hold as the Trump administration mulls an outright ban. I think the president is just playing games with ByteDance so U.S.-based interests can get a better deal. As of now, all data from the app goes to China, along with whatever is on your device's clipboard. ByteDance promised and stated it had fixed this problem, but we're caught doing it again recently. TheVerge.com is reporting that the Google 4A is finally, probably coming Monday, according to the site's headline. The delayed phone, which was supposed to be released months ago, will feature a 5.81-inch screen carrying a resolution of 2340 by 1080 a Snapdragon 730 CPU, 64 or 128 gigabytes of storage, 6 gigabytes of system RAM, a hopefully big enough 3080 mAh battery, a 12.2 megapixel rear camera, with 4K video recording at 30 FPS, an 8-megapixel front camera within a so-called hole-punch cutout, a headphone jack, and a rear-mounted fingerprint reader. The phone will start at a price of $349. U.S. Well, that's a solid deal that's hard to beat. If I were in the market for an Android phone, this is the one I'd go with. 
I'm not what you call a power user, so all of the bells and whistles of the higher-end and higher-priced models are unneeded for me. The Pixel 4a will be available for sale in the US, UK, Ireland, Germany, Australia, Japan, and Canada at launch. Other than these stories, I found no more interesting stories, at least to me, in tech this week. Tech I'm using. Well, the Motive Ring saga continues. Here's a short recap. Last October, I received a Motive Fitness Ring for my birthday. I wanted this item to augment my Apple Watch, especially for sleep tracking. The ordering process was smooth, though I had to make a compromise on the color of my ring. The setup using the accompanying iOS app was easy, and I really enjoyed this little piece of tech. Well, a couple of months ago, I received an email from Motive, which announced that the company had been acquired. Well, Motive described it as a merger, but that's not true, by a biometric identification company called Proxy, and that they were withdrawing from the consumer market. I had nothing to worry about, though, Motive assured me that they would continue to support the product and honor any warranties that were outstanding. Well, about a month ago, I started to notice that the sleep tracking was off. Whole blocks of sleep time failed to record. I rectified this by resetting my iPhone 11 Pro Max, and all was well until last week. This time, it was a battery issue. The Motive Ring is rated to have a battery life of three days upon a full charge. I usually top the ring off before going to sleep or work, so I never really wore it down. Now, I'm only getting about 8 to 10 hours per charge, which means when I come home from work, the battery is almost exhausted. I work the overnight shift and usually go straight to bed upon coming home. You can see the problem I'm running into. I can't be tracking sleep if the ring is on its charger, and that was the main reason for wanting this product. I figured I'd buy a spare charger to use at work, but quickly found that this item is unavailable everywhere, even eBay. I contacted Motive via email, got a prompt response at about 2 in the morning, indicating to me that the support staff, which was previously based in the United States, was now based overseas. After sending some information they requested, I was advised that the problem was forwarded to the engineering department. Late Wednesday evening, I received an email which basically said, Your ring needs to be replaced under warranty, but sorry, we're in the process of closing down. We can't honor your warranty, so we'd advise you to seek a refund from the credit card company you use to purchase the item. If you purchase the item from a third party, which I had, talk to them. Hmm, well, that wasn't good. I had chosen the Motive Ring over its competition because a sale was being held on the ring, which made it $150 US less expensive than its competition. I guess the company was having a fire sale and getting rid of stock in preparation for the company being sold to Proxy when I had the misfortune of purchasing it. Not nice, but not worth a lawsuit, not even a class action one. My plan moving forward is to seek a refund, though the chances of that are slim, I figure. If I obtain a refund, I'll purchase an Aura Ring. So, buyer beware, though I had no reason to believe Motive would be going out of business. 
There were no indications in media that the company was being sold or was considering being sold. Lesson learned. Entertainment news. Mike Tyson returns to boxing after a 15-year layoff in an eight-round exhibition fight with Roy Jones Jr. It turns out that this exhibition fight is mainly to bring attention and promote a new boxing-themed show that Mr. Tyson is launching. So move on. Nothing to see here. Breitbart's headline reads, Madonna censored by Instagram for posting video of frontline doctors. Madonna, who is no stranger to controversy during her long career, was doing what she does best when she posted a video that landed her in trouble with Silicon Valley censors. The pop star got flagged on Instagram for posting a video of an event from America's Frontline Doctors press conference this week in which the physicians address the pervasive climate of fear that they believe have obscured important facts about the Chinese coronavirus. In her post, Madonna praised Dr. Stella Emanuel, the Houston physician who says she has treated 350 coronavirus patients with hydroxychloroquine. The truth will set us all free, Madonna wrote, according to screenshots of her now-deleted Instagram post. But some people don't want to hear the truth, especially the people in power who stand to make money from this long-drawn-out search for a vaccine which has proven and available for months. That was her words. They would rather let fear control them than let the rich get richer and the poor and sick get sicker. Well, I have to say I agree with her for once. Since President Trump highlighted hydroxychloroquine as a possible treatment during one of his daily pandemic briefings months ago, the drug has been like a political football Various studies have declared either effective or not effective, depending what day it is. Many people who are on the edge of death from the virus have come forward claiming the drug, combined with zinc, brought them back from the brink. A group of them even going to the White House to thank Trump personally for suggesting the drug, with Democratic Party member officeholders amongst them. Myself? Well... I'm not a doctor, but with so many physicians and recovered COVID patients attesting to the drug's effectiveness, I think there's something to the money theory that Madonna and many others have. Studies show that using hydroxychloroquine may cause mental health and other damage, and that's a concern. But if you're about to die, what would prevent you from taking that chance? Nothing would prevent me from doing so if I found myself in that situation. What's up with the former cast of the popular television series Glee? A third member has recently died from other than natural causes. Next up from the Jewish Journal, here's the headline. Nick Cannon says he read Barry Weiss's book on anti-Semitism during Tisha B'Av. Calls it powerful. Actor Nick Cannon said in a July 30th Instagram post that he read former New York Times opinion editor Barry Weiss's How to Fight Anti-Semitism book during Tisha B'Av. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Calling it a powerful read. You know, normally I'd slam Mr. Cannon and say he's just trying to rehabilitate himself after making anti-Semitic and anti-white comments on his podcast. After further reading of this article... 
appears to me the man is making an honest attempt to understand the Jewish faith and what that religion has been through. I'm guessing Tishbav is a Jewish holiday. I hope it is with that name. Of course, the author of the book, Barry Weiss, was recently driven out of her job at the New York Times by co-workers who accused her of being a Nazi and ironically accused her of writing about, quote, Jewish people too much. Actually, both of those statements are ironic. Mr. Cannon acknowledges this and said he hoped to have a discussion on this topic. Well, good for him. We got this com has a headline, The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer reportedly coming this month. Well, this show is the only reason I subscribe to the Disney Plus service, at least so far. That and the package deal I got one combining that with ESPN Plus and a Hulu subscription. I hope this series' second season lives up to the first one. I'm still waiting for Disney to add more adult content like they promised when they first released the service. And I'm not talking about specials such as Hamilton and Black is the King. Next is Fox News. Ellen Degenerate, oops, I meant Degenerous, is considering leaving talk show with toxic work culture claims. Investigation. Report. Ellen Degenerate, damn, I keep saying that, Degenerous may be ready to say goodbye to her talk show as an investigation into toxic workplace claims is underway, reads the article. According to the new report, Degenerous, see, I said that correctly that time, age 62, has been in talks with top executives from Warner Brothers and Telepictures, the companies that produce the show, to let them know she is considering pulling the plug entirely. Why is it that the people who preach about acceptance, tolerance, and fair treatment of others always turn out to be the cruelest and least understanding people walking this earth? Ponder that, if you will. Podcast News As I promised, I gave a listen to Michelle Obama's new podcast, which is self-titled, and it's a Spotify exclusive. As far as content goes, it's what you'd expect, but not as bad as I thought it would be, or could be. Her first guest was her husband and former president, Barack Obama. The production quality was NPR-ish, which means excellent, though the president's audio faded here and there, as if he kept straying too far from his microphone. The show even featured a blooper at the beginning. Another complaint I have is the ex-president who has a whistle to his voice as he speaks and it grates on my nerves after a while. All in all, if you like the Obamas and their politics, you'll really enjoy this podcast. As for myself, I won't be listening to any further episodes. According to InsiderRadio.com, the podcast host Lisbon has reported an all-time high increase of mobile listening of its more than 69,000 hosted podcasts in the month of June. Not surprising, as I do most of my podcast listening during my commute to and from work, and I suspect most of my fellow countrymen do the same thing. Podcasts have replaced radio programming in many motor vehicles. With navigation apps reporting local traffic conditions and weather apps alerting you to unsafe conditions, there are little reasons to rely on local radio broadcasts for this kind of info. Now, if only the numbers for this show would reflect this trend. Boo-hoo me. 
Next, how podcasting is transforming the news media, reads the headline from inc.com. I guess that's inc.com. The article goes on to say that with the few successful subscription news outlets, most news media outlets depend on advertising to generate revenue. This then forces these outlets to use a spray-and-pray method to try and grab eyes and clicks, which lowers the quality of content on the site. To generate even more revenue, these sites make the ads very intrusive, which has spurred the rise of ad blockers, forcing the site to beg the potential reader to whitelist them. Something seldom done, especially in my case. So, news media has turned to podcasts, but because of misunderstanding the medium, they use the spray-and-pray method for these shows as they do with their sites. The article then suggests the obvious, that quality beats quantity every time, and that's what these outlets should be producing. Sage advice, but how about going back to fact-driven impartial reporting versus the agenda-driven emotional reporting we are getting today? Instead of using internet sites like Snopes to do the research for a story, how about harking back to the old days and actually hitting the streets to interview people in person rather than by Skype or text message? I'd bet the quality of journalism would increase tenfold if this was done. I guess that would take too long and be too hard to justify. Just saying. Again, the trend in the podcasting world this week was big companies gobbling up independent podcasts and podcast networks. My fear is the regulations that are applied to legacy broadcasting will eventually be applied to podcasting. If this occurs, it would be the end of the so-called new media as we know it now. What will come after that, well, is anybody's guess. Back to the websited hosted shows without a RSS feed? Well, I guess time will tell. Well, it's time for the rant of the week. As I have discussed on my other podcast, New Normal Opinions, there's a bunch of so-called pundits out there saying COVID-19 is nothing but a plan to bring down the Trump administration and to assure he isn't re-elected. Well, this is preposterous and dangerous. Folks, COVID-19 and the pandemic are real. And I'm using my own experience to make this judgment. At my workplace, three people have died, and Lord knows how many more have been affected by this virus. My organization does not release those stats for privacy reasons, but it must be substantial. For example... I worked with a young man this week that has had the coronavirus not once, but twice, and recovered both times. You can bet I stayed at least six feet away from him and wore a mask, and not just any mask. A NIOSH, which stands for National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, certified model 8212 reusable N95 mask, my daughter Jessica procured for me at great expense at the height of the pandemic, which probably saved this old fart's life a few times. This model has the added advantage of being comfortable to wear and doesn't fog up my glasses due to its tight fit. Though they are not saying that masks with a vent like this model are to be avoided. I don't know how true that is. What I do know is these other masks you see for sale at convenience stores claiming to be KN95s 
which are the Chinese certified replacements for the N95, are actually Chinese fakes that only filter about 20% of the particles, not 95% like the real deal. How can you tell you are buying a real KN95 mask? Well, it will either have a NIOSH label inside the mask, printed directly on the mask, or on the strap, and it won't be cheap, though it won't cost too much more than the fake models go for. You can also go on YouTube and see tests of these masks and see which ones are good and or not. They test it with water and, and, and uh, heat. So if you're going to be working or going to be around high-risk areas and people, spend the money and purchase one of these certified masks. Just search the internet and you'll find U.S. and European companies that have them for sale. I scored some manufactured by 3M, a reputable company, recently. Also, the CDC has a website which shows many examples of these fakes. Sure, besides being expensive, a lot of these masks look goofy, but they may save your or a loved one's life. Well, I'm hearing the music, so I guess that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope my efforts were worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. Let me know how I can improve the show and what content you want more of. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, just do me a favor and get off my lawn. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.